and just go and spend 30 minutes literally leaving meaningful quotes or comments or reactions to people's stuff inside the multifamily or real estate investing hashtag. Because what that is going to do, what LinkedIn does is not only does it, you know, um, do you show that influencer, whoever's creating content that you're interacting with their brand, which also means eventually when you start creating content, they're going to see more of your stuff and they can engage with that. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. We are back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason J. Lou Lewis. And today we're getting to dive into crushing LinkedIn. Uh, I mean, even here, uh, Ellis's uh, hands kind of spinning in the background. You know, he's he's excited, raring to go. Uh, I'm excited for this too, as I know several years back, I dove into LinkedIn and when I spent the time, it was so powerful and making connections and I've got busy over the years and I've kind of let it, let it drop. And I'm really excited to dive into how today um, there are some, I'm guessing there's going to be some great tips and, and hacks to kind of hack the LinkedIn to grow your real estate network and investor group and um, acquisitions, whatever you are in the real estate world, it's, we're going to learn some great tips on LinkedIn. So no better person to do that than Ellis Hammond, uh, founder of Kingdom Capitalist Mastermind. He's a podcast host, real estate entrepreneur. Um, you know, it's one of the number one mastermind communities for the Christian real estate entrepreneurs. He has his own great network of investors and real estate deals. I could go on. I mean, I'm looking at all the stuff here. He's been featured on the best ever show with Joe Fairless, Real Estate Syndicator Show with Whitney Sewell, John Kasman, Hunter Thompson, Michael Blank. I mean, it's 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 awesome. I'm excited, but I'm the most excited about LinkedIn. So let's go, man. Let's get in. <laughs> let's go. Let's go right there. I like it. So Ellis, uh, we normally start off with you know how did you get into real estate? What what gave you that real estate bug? And then we can after yeah. that just let's jump right into the LinkedIn. Yeah, I'll be sure because I know we got. I mean, we could talk LinkedIn the whole the whole half hour, man. Um, I, I am not, I don't come from a real estate family or background. I was a Christian pastor and missionary for six years and needed, you know, started looking for creative ways to create wealth and passive income. We were actually raising the money that we needed to support our, our nonprofit and, um, you know, wanted to build a more, uh, I mean, honestly, build a better model for me and my family. And, and all, we, I never thought we would become full-time real estate entrepreneurs. I thought we would always kind of be in the world of ministry. And so, honestly, I was looking for more ways to actually build wealth and not have to go raise it. And um, man, real estate was, you know, I call it the, the last frontier for, uh, you know, the... <laughs> for the entrepreneur. And, um, I found it and loved it. And it just gave me a way, man, to, um, really kind of set my sight on something I could really, you know, real estate. I love it's very measurable. You can build it. It's, it's, you can understand it. You can underwrite it and, um, just fell in love with the process. And we started with the duplex here in San Diego. And, uh, that was, that was our first project. And, um, which was, it served us so well. It continues to service. We've, we've lived in that home. We've, you know, we, we short-term rented it. We've done a lot with that project, but it also was, um, uh, how do I say this? It also helped me realize I don't want to continue to buy duplexes all my life because of the hard work that it took and all that, you know, it, it takes to do small, um, multifamily. So 
that's where we got introduced to the world of syndication and have uh, really kind of focused uh, our our firm and our community around commercial real estate. That's great. LinkedIn, how did it how did it help? Yeah, I mean that's that's actually a great transition. I, I love just like let's get into it. And the reason why I think it's such a great transition is because um, I didn't have a network when I started. And in in order to really grow, like if you want to accelerate any goal in life, but especially your career as a real estate investor, you need to be growing your network. I mean, hands down, like I really do think it's probably one of the most important assets that you have as a real estate investor is your network, your network of investors, your network of brokers, your network of um, other active operators. And for me as a Christian pastor, dude, I didn't have, I didn't have a network, right? And I knew in order to go and we wanted to scale our business and scale our portfolio that we had to go somewhere to be able to do that. And I wasn't just a Christian pastor. I was a Christian pastor of a college ministry. And so all of my network was 18 to 20 year olds. So they didn't have any money. They weren't doing deals, right? And so I had to go find somewhere to start building a network. And LinkedIn was that place. Um, And it is, it continues to be that place for me. And it continues to be that place for a lot of folks that I see who are early in their careers, but also deep in their careers. Um, LinkedIn is what Facebook was you know, a decade ago, um, and that it's super organic. It really thrives off engagement. Um, and there is not a lot of people who are really using it well and actively, which makes it really, really easy to stand out and more importantly, show up on the people who follow you's page. And an example I'll give real quick, and then we can get into some tactics and stuff. Most like, for example, Jason, how many followers do you have on LinkedIn? Would you say? I think I'm or connections. So yeah, 3000. That's pretty good actually, you know, to most people, I would say most people are, you know, a thousand to 2000. You just don't spend the time to connect with a lot of people. And I I was, when I first got in kind of the real estate uh, game, I was, my focus was commercial real estate brokerage. So I worked with office tenants. So my deal was connecting with anyone that was servicing businesses because Mm -hmm. that would help me. So I went all in when it first kind of got going, I I invested in it um, and then uh, went all in, but then I got busy and it it does take time. Yeah, Um, for sure. So, well, because, so here's my point though. So you have 3000, which is honestly, you, you, that's good because you spent time working on it. Most people though, um, and, and LinkedIn is growing in this engagement. So more people are beginning to use it, but most people don't have a lot of connections. So think about this. If you have a thousand connections, let's say 10% of those a thousand connections are act, are actively engaging and creating content on, on LinkedIn. Right. And so you are in that, t- if, especially if you're creating content uh, and people are interacting with that content, your competition for getting you and your face and your brand in front of people is, I mean, there really is no competition. Like you can't really go do it on Facebook because of advertising and all that's happening there. But to go on LinkedIn, it's like a, it's like a 24 seven billboard for you and your business uh, that really there's, it's just so open right now. There's not a lot of competition there. So it's a great place to begin to create content, spotlight your brand. And then most importantly, which is we can get into is begin to engage with people. Um, and that really is, uh, is how we begin to grow our network. I just began to engage with other influencers in the real estate community. And I began to grow my thought leadership platform and brand on LinkedIn. And honestly, 
the way that I've kind of gotten on some of those shows you mentioned is not because I have this long track record in real estate. It's because I've shown up consistently on LinkedIn. I mean, honestly, that's what probably I would say one of the biggest keys to my success. How's it care compared to Facebook and, and others? What's, what's kind of the main difference? Probably. Yeah. Well, um, advertising is a lot cheaper on Facebook. So if you want to run ads, Facebook still is a great place to go. You can get in front of a lot more people that way. But organic reach on LinkedIn is, is by far the best. Um, the more you engage with folks and the more that they engage with your content, the more likely that your stuff is to show up on their newsfeed. Um, it's also business, like it's a business platform. So, you know, Facebook, you're competing with baby photos, you know, all kinds of stuff where, where you can be really open about your business and, and, you know, people are still wanting to engage and talk about that. So, um, I think that's a big difference there. I I do think like, if you're, if you're listening to this, you're like, well, how do I begin to grow my LinkedIn? Listen, you don't need a hundred thousand connections, right? Like continue trying to get to a couple thousand, but the biggest piece in doing that along the way. I've seen folks who don't have that much and they're still getting a hundred comments and, you know, 2000 views on their stuff. And the way they've done that is they actively spend time engaging with other people's content on LinkedIn. And I give you a hack here. If you're in the, let's say, I mean, where are most people dealing in Jason? Multifamily, self-storage, who your audience is we're, a single we're family. A we're a good mix. So th- okay. I've, a thousand plus or multifamily a week and another thousand or kind of a mix of brokers, single families, sure. complex investors. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I mean, so we could put in like a cool hack that I, I typically do um, in getting started is if you go into the search bar of LinkedIn and you can type in hashtags and you can actually do some research to see what, who has the biggest, what hashtags have the most followings, but multifamily, for example, is a, is a large hashtag or real estate investing is another large hashtag. So you can go, into the search bar and search up hashtags. And then you can look for content inside of that hashtag multifamily or real estate investing and just go and spend 30 minutes literally leaving meaningful quotes or comments or reactions to people's stuff inside the multifamily or real estate investing hashtag. Because what that is going to do, what LinkedIn does is not only does it, you know, um, do you show that influencer, whoever's creating content that you're interacting with their brand, which also means eventually when you start creating content, they're going to see more of your stuff and they can engage with that. But whenever I comment on your stuff, Jason, that does a couple of things. One, it helps you because it shows your content to my all of my audience. That's why it's so important to engage because when you engage with me, I actually get your audience as well to see my stuff. So that's there's an incentive there to help one another out. But then also what it does is to your audience – you're not even you're not even creating your own content, but what LinkedIn does, it shows. It says, "Hey, Ellis or Jason commented on this piece of content, and it shows up in your feed." And so you just begin to show up more in front of your audience, and and people are beginning to see, "Oh, Ellis is interacting with all this real estate stuff, right?" So you're creating. You can create content, and you can engage with content, and that's so massive. And on the other side, when you're creating content. I always say try and create stuff that's engaging because LinkedIn right now, again, it's such an organic platform that it rewards you for creating stuff that people like to engage with. And so what I teach people is like figure out how to ask questions with your content. So um, always lead with a question, you know, and and ask the community, Hey, what do you think about this? What are you seeing? You know, and, and when you do that, when people start engaging with your content, um, linked, it's more likely for your stuff to show up in their feed. 
um, the next time they log on. And I, I, and I know this is true because most of my friends, um, every time I see them, they always comment, dude, you're all over LinkedIn. Every time I pull up my LinkedIn, you're on my newsfeed. And here's the reality. I'm not on it all the time. It's just that they engage with my, they keep, in, they keep commenting and liking my stuff. So LinkedIn keeps showing it to them, right? And so it looks as if I'm always on LinkedIn. I'm the only guy in real estate in their, in their profile. But the reality is the more that they interact, the more that LinkedIn is going to continue to show my stuff. In any, because that is so true. Like I, I have a few people that, I, that are just crushing the, the Facebook and LinkedIn and they are just there. I know that if I click and scroll more than 30 <laughs> seconds, something yeah, uh-huh. so, so one thing I, I personally, because I, I probably care too much what people think. I'm not like a flashy guy, but I just don't, what I care about is I don't want them thinking I'm just there at the computer all day, just liking and commenting and this and that. So I'm always a little careful. Any, any thought to that, that there might be a negative of the fact that your friends think you're on LinkedIn the entire day, just and sit out doing real estate. No, I, I don't think, I don't think anybody thinks like that. I, you know, to be honest, I, I think that's honestly a, maybe a personal barrier. Here's why. Um, how many times do you think you take your LinkedIn a day? Uh, my LinkedIn is probably actually every, at this point, every couple of days. Some okay. So maybe what, the platform you use enough, maybe Instagram or, yeah, or Facebook. Facebook, you know, so how many times a, couple, a day? A couple times a day. Yeah, four or five. Most people check their profiles at least 10 times a day, right? So if you create something in the morning and then you don't do anything for the rest of the day and they let's just say by chance they, they did get to see your stuff in the morning, they've been on social media nine more times that day and they've seen other people's content, meaning that you they've forgotten about you by now. They don't, they don't remember what you put there in the morning. So if you're not showing up on their stuff multiple times, you're not significant, right? Like your, your brand is not significant. You want to look at significant brands, look at Gary Vee, look at Grant Cardone. How many times you scroll on Instagram and see their stuff? No one's thinking, man, Gary Vee doesn't have a life or Grant Cardone doesn't have a life. He's always on Instagram. Grant Cardone is crushing the real estate business, right? And he is all over my Instagram. And so, um, I think it's about really taking, you want to talk about real estate, it's taking up that real estate in people's mind and brain, um, that you're always there. I actually don't think it hurts you. I think, I think it can only help you. Um, and here's the other thing people get caught up. Well, I don't want to create too much content and bother people. I, I, my mother-in-law, she, she owns her own business and she doesn't listen to these shows so I can talk about her, but, um, I love her to death, but she always says that I, I don't want to be annoying I don't want to create too much content. And here's the thing that she doesn't understand. And I use her as an example because most people say this. If people don't like your content, the platform won't show it, right? And so it, like, it only shows stuff that people are, in, are interacting with. And so I'll get some stuff that shows 10,000 views and then I'll have other posts that showed to 100, 100 views. And the reality is the reason the difference there is, is engagement. So don't worry about creating crappy stuff because if it's crappy, no one's going to see it anyways because it's crappy. And so it really benefits you to just try and keep creating and, and, you know, doing different things and trying new stuff. Try video, try short text, try articles um, and see what works, see what the platform's rewarding um, and, and try it multiple times. I, I definitely think more is better on, on social media right now. 
Yeah, I I had one of those uh uh grandpa moments, I guess you could say a few weeks ago we set a record uh in northwest Denver in a sub in a hot subdivision on one of our uh flips. And so I'm like, all right, this is the time I'm gonna do my first live Facebook. So I'm like Googling tips for live video. And I was like, everyone like you gotta do horizontal. If you do a vertical video, that everyone like makes funny or something. So okay, I gotta do horizontal because that's like what the cool kids do. So I went out there and I got my bought one of these these DJI, you know, self uh balancing uh selfie yeah. sticks and and I threw it on on uh horizontal and um, complete failure. Cause I guess in, in live, it only shows vertical. So the one time I thought I was <laughs> going to be cool. So I'm doing this, Hey guys, we set the record. This is my first live That's coming awesome. from you. And everyone's like, you're an idiot. How old are you? <laughs> like, cause it's, it, it's literally sideways and I'm showing this $675,000 house. We bought for 378,000, like set records. We brokered it, our brokerage company, like win, win, win all the way around. I'd lived in it two years, took all that tax-free and I'm all excited. Like I'm going to do my first live and I'm going to tell the world about this win, win, win. And all everyone's doing is got traction because everyone's just making fun well, of uh, h- how bad that my video skills are. So. And that's honestly in good in, like good publicity. Like all publicity is good publicity. Yeah. When it comes to you, you, and here's the thing. Still, you know, like kind of a smuck a little bit. You're like, God, how am I, you know? But here's so. the thing, Jason, I think, and you just made a great point there. And I just um, because you're the host, I know you can handle, I'll pick on you a little bit. Um, that story though, also is why most people don't create enough oh, content. Oh, sure. I, I haven't done it since because I'm, you know. Yeah, I'm well, like, ah, I don't want to be the even that you said you had to go buy a stabilizer or whatever. Listen, yeah. it, you just don't like the the organic stuff I'm telling you gets great traction. Literally pick up your phone, do the selfie thing. I mean, the more people can see your face and, and that's how to stand out on these platforms because most people are just throwing stuff. But if you're consistently getting your face out there, you know, and they're hearing your voice and for real estate investors, most people are probably local, meaning they do business in their local market or in a local market. Um, you know, think about it this way. You don't need to become the Grant Cardone of LinkedIn, right? Like become the influencer in your local market. It, especially like if you're raising capital, you're doing deals. You were, you know, it might be cool to think about being a Grant Cardone and he has this national influence, but for you to really achieve the goals in your business, the reality is you probably only need about five, you know, I don't know, thousand people in your local market to really need you on a consistent basis. And that's like, would be crushing it, right? That would be like, oh my gosh, you're everywhere. And so think about it that way, like create content that's specific to the people that you serve. And most of the time that's in your local market. And so, um, you know, and speak to those people. Don't worry about speaking across the country, speak to a very specific audience with the type of content that you're creating. Yeah, that's true. I mean, even if in the syndication sector, if you had 500 to 1,000 legit people that were investing in syndications, multifamily or whatever, you know, commercial, um, and you're pushing out content, I, I would say that you would have no issue raising capital if you yeah. had, had a, a brand like that 100%. versus me with my 3,000 that probably don't even, most of them know what we do anymore. Yeah. So and, and interesting thing too, like the world syndication, especially on LinkedIn, 
if I see, you know, we're on a real estate podcast show. I love it's helped me grow my brand, but um, there's so many real, like the real estate education platform is so saturated, meaning it's really hard to create anything that someone has not already seen. And so I am a huge com- um, proponent of like, who is your target audience? Let's say you're raising capital. So for me and our investment firm, Symphony Capital, we help entrepreneurs and business owners create more passive income outside of their business, right? So what I want to do on LinkedIn, like I'll create stuff that really, we do a lot of real estate stuff too, but I'll create stuff that is actually just helpful for the entrepreneur and is helpful for the business owner. And so if I can become a thought leader in in their world and actually giving something to them that really services them in their business, rather it be about mindset or entrepreneurship or business ownership, you know, then I'm actually like, I become the go-to guy for more than just real estate. And I think that's, that's why it's so key to know, like, who do you serve on these platforms? Um, because it helps you create and think about the type of content you should be creating. Now you, Jason, it, you know, it seems like you serve a lot of real estate investors. So you're going to be creating a lot of real estate content, but for folks who are raising capital, yeah, you, you want to create, you know, this level of real estate content to show you that you know what you're talking about in a level of leadership, but most of the world that your investors live in is not real estate, right? And so they're not getting on LinkedIn just to learn about real estate stuff. I mean, Gary Vee does a great job of this. Like he creates content about all kinds of stuff. And, um, you know, he, it's not how he drives revenue, but he wants to be the go-to guy for everything for you so that you never, so that you're always going to him for stuff. So I think it's the, the better you know your target audience, the more clear and honestly, the, the, the better and more content you can begin to create. That's great. What what are before we jump in, take a, a quick sponsorship break. Let's go with five of the top tips, kind of off, off off the hip. Five of the top tips that people should be doing on LinkedIn uh, to get started to to crush. Yeah, LinkedIn. start start with your profile. I mean, that's an easy way to get started. Get a good headshot, a good professional headshot that's up close that people can see your face. Nothing that's too far away. Um, because again, if you're interacting with a lot of stuff, you know, and, and you want people to see your face and recognize you. So a good headshot, a good tagline, like a good underneath your header is a, is a header or a headline. Um, I spend a lot of time helping folks think about their headline because again, two things people are going to see when you comment on their stuff or any, anywhere, unless they go to your profile, they're going to see your headshot and they're going to see your headline. So those two things are massively important. Third thing is have a call to action on your profile. So in your bio and it talks about you and et cetera, make sure you have a call to action there that when people go to your profile and they search and they're looking at your thing, especially if it's someone, we're talking to real estate investors, create, put your lead magnet there, right? Or put your calendar there for people to schedule a call. That way when they come, you've actually done all this work to get somebody to come to your profile give a call to action, use your bio, or there's multiple places you can put a call to action on your, on your LinkedIn profile. Um, my fourth best tip is engage. Like we haven't, and again, we haven't even got to creating content, right? Cause it's not even part of my top five. Maybe it'll be my number five. I haven't come up with it yet. Number four though is engage, 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 just start engaging, commenting, leaving, you know, I mean, here's a great tip, like go in and like people's profiles or leave them a review or leave them a, um, a what they call a, uh, an endorsement. Just engage with the folks that you want to interact with and you want to see on your profile. That would be massive. And then fifth 
is just create, create content. It doesn't have to be good. You don't even know what good is if you're not creating content. So you shouldn't, you know, the only way you get good is by creating stuff and getting reactions and figure out what people like. And so it just, just start creating stuff. Go leave something there um, and tag me in it. I'm at Ellis Hammond. I, you know, hey, this is my first post. I heard Ellis on this podcast show. Tag me. I would, I'll comment it. You'll see. And when you, con- when you tag me and I comment back, all of my audience will now see your post. So tag me and let's get started together. Awesome. Qu- question I do have with the engagement and the, the creative um, before we go to quick break is that um, some people use virtual assistants. Is that taboo? Is that okay? Where, you know, they're, they're getting on there and, and liking the post and making the comments, uh, do or don't? Uh, I think it depends. Um, I haven't tested it out. I'll be, I, I actually, I'm, I'm about to test it out. Um, my, my virtual assistant actually is going to be, um, publishing a lot of my stuff. I do. I have always done all of my engagement up to this point. And it is a person, again, like it is a very communal platform. It's very organic. So be careful not to lose your voice because again, like, yeah, you can be creating all this stuff, but if no one's interacting with it, you know, and you're like, oh, you feel good about yourself because you're producing a lot of content, but no one's viewing it because it can, you can kind of tell some, a virtual assistant does it. For then sure. You're in that, that's why I ask. I know right? people, I can tell that they have an Autobot or someone that just literally likes everything so they pop up all the time but it's kind of like yeah "Eh." yeah so you know i mean it doesn't take more than 30 minutes to go in there and and leave 10 comments on something so you know if you're not doing anything here let's say most people can outsource this if you're not doing anything you don't know what to outsource yet so the answer is don't outsource anything until you have done it and you know it works because how would you know what to tell somebody to do so um you know, 30 minutes engaged. And then you can think about hiring a VA to help you publish some of like, we got, we produce a lot of content. So like I need someone to break stuff up and schedule it for me and do that. And then I can go in there after they've done that and re-engage with people's comments and interactions. I think that's a great dynamic duo. Sounds like a great plan. All right, we'll take a quick break. Uh, and then we'll jump back in and wrap up with our final five with Ellis Hammond. Hey guys, please check out Merrill Callister's law firm, Callister and Associates, callisterlaw.com. They're one of the only full service syndication law firms in the country for a flat rate fee. They will represent you from letter of intent all the way through to the closing of the transaction. This includes PSA negotiation, title review and objections, creating the PPM, investor questionnaires, subscription agreements, filing with the SEC and any applicable blue sky filings out of state, along with lender due diligence and assistance with closing the transaction. Callister and Associates also represents sellers of multifamily assets, as well as owners that are refinancing. They have represented over $3 billion in syndication transactions and are currently handling 20 to 30 syndications in any given month. Callister & Associates is your one-stop shop for all things real estate. For more information and a free consultation, please go to callisterlaw.com. That is K-A-L-I-S-E-R law.com. And I've also put that in the show notes for you. All right, listeners, we are back from break with Ellis Hammond. 
We're jumping right into the final five. First question is, what is the most creative real estate deal that Mr. Ellis Hammond has done? It was my first one, not, not the duplex. Um, it was the, I guess the second one is, is what I didn't realize that you could leverage your strengths in order to get into a real estate deal. So I had been raising money for six years, learning nonprofit. And when I learned that I could actually take that strength of interacting with people, um, kind of selling a vision, you know, and then leverage that gift in order to get into bigger deals that changed my life forever. Um, to realize that I don't have to know everything. I just need to focus on the things that I'm good at. And that was our first deal. We, we were kind of a capital raiser on that project and, um, and that was life-changing. And so that was, when I think about getting creative, that launched us, man, into this world. And so, so thankful for that. That's great. What's a, what's a book or a medium like a podcast or YouTube or LinkedIn channel uh, that right now is kind of a favorite of yours you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I have one, Kingdom Capitalist show. I actually go back and listen to my own shows. Um, so if you're, if, especially if, if you're looking for the kind of the integration of faith and work, I think we have a really unique uh, platform. I would say there are a couple other ones though. Um, a book, Mindset, Psychology of Success. I recommend that all the time. It's such a huge book for me. Um, and then two podcasts. I really enjoy the Ed Milet Show, Max Out. He brings on some really good guests and talking about mindset and entrepreneurship. And then um, Business Lunch with Roland Frazier is also another good podcast that I listen to and um, just kind of expanding my understanding of business. And it's, you know, none of those are real estate, actually. I feel like I've listened to all the real estate stuff I can, I can actually fit in my brain. I need to kind of be developed in other areas to grow our business. And so um, those are two podcasts that actually do that for me. That's great. We'll throw those in the show notes as always. And where, where do you kind of see the real estate world? If there's any, you know, specific like item that you, you see the real estate world in five years and, and where your where's your goal to be at that time? Yeah, we're in the middle of COVID-19. Um, a lot of things are changing. I guess it depends what you mean by real estate world. I mean, we're focused in a multifamily sector, um, which we still feel really strong about in five years. You know, we kind of thought maybe because of COVID-19 that things might open up a little bit um, as far as, you know, prices and stuff. I don't, I think we might see a little bit of a break, a little bit of a cut, um, you know, especially in some of these smaller tertiary, secondary and tertiary markets, which is what we focus on, um, you know, especially as owners are kind of needing a, uh, as financing gets harder, you know, and, and, and that continues to exist that there might be some opportunities there if you can find the right projects. But to see how much money is being raised right now for multifamily, like, you know, you know, especially institutional style stuff. I just, I honestly believe cap rates will probably compress even more over the next five years and multifamily will be a really strong asset class that you'll see a lot more money go into it. I mean, there's already a ton being poured, but even more. Um, so, you know, I, I like where we are. I think we can kind of carve out our own niche in a really strong market, but I see that being really strong. But outside of multifamily, I mean, there is, you know, if you can be creative, you know, you think about how many different opportunities there are going to be kind of in this next era for people to take advantage of and honestly find solutions. I mean, because people are going to need liquidity, they're going to need different things. And so, um, you know, just 
just kind of look around. I don't think it, there are multiple ways to become wealthy through real estate. It's not just multifamily, even though it's been super trendy. Um, you know, th- there is a, there is an opportunity to kind of look up and see what else is out there. And I think COVID-19 is going to be able to, uh, we'll, we'll bring that for those who, um, who can get creative. For sure. Um, what if, what do you do? And I guess this is, we've already talked about this a little bit, but what do you do to give back to the real estate community that's given so much to you? Oh man, it has. Oh my gosh. Like that's why I love this, this community. It really is that people are really looking to help one another, move one another along. Um, we created our own community, a mastermind community called Kingdom Capitalist. And I am really passionate about helping faith-driven investors begin to find success, not just in their business, but also in their faith and their family, um, you know, in these other really important areas of life um, and really beginning to kind of create an integration, um, you know, a, you know, knowing what integration really looks like in the sense of um, do I know what success looks like at the end of 2020 in my family? Do I know what success at the end of 2020 looks like in faith? I think it's really easy for us to do that in our, in our business because there's clear objectives and clear goals. But do you really know what that is in those other areas of your life? And so our community, man, I feel God has really called me. You know, even though I'm still I'm an investor now, I, I know, I've never left being a pastor, I guess, right? And so I, I just feel called to really serve this community well. And so Kingdom Capitalist is a, um, a vision of mine to see um, – I really raise up a community of, of brothers and sisters who, who are really out to change this industry, but also really help one another be successful kind of in all of life. And so um, I just, I love what we're building there. So kingdomcapitalist.co is actually the website for that and would love to chat with anybody who, um, who might be interested. That's great. We'll throw that in show notes. And then we'll also throw in the best way to reach out to you. What's, what's kind of the best way we can put it in there. Yeah. Well, you already said LinkedIn, right? So um, definitely do that. We've talked about kingdomcapitalist.co. Um, my email uh, is invest at ellishammond.com, invest at ellishammond.com. And so if you're an investor or even just a real estate entrepreneur and you want to get in touch, uh, reach out to me. I would love to connect. That's great. I, I'm, I'm going to quickly go over those those top five that you gave uh, on the rink, LinkedIn before we we wrap up here. So Number one kind of hack to the LinkedIn is get your profile pic. Look good, look sharp, get up close. Tagline, have a sharp one. I know I could probably work on that. I've, I keep changing it up and not sure what to do. So I know that that is definitely important. Something I got to work on personally. Uh, call to action somewhere in there. Make sure you call to action. Engage, engage, engage. And lastly, create, create, create. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so there you go. And then then you'll be crushing LinkedIn for whatever it, real estate man. sector that you're going after, whether it's brokerage or syndication or um, fix and flip. So I'm excited to kind of see, take some of these tips and do it myself and see the outcome here in the next few months. Jason, and and, and so to much. do more horizontal uh, live photos, yeah. you know, <laughs> just to make me look like uh, I, I don't own a cell phone, I own a flip phone. So, uh, <laughs> so. all right. 100%. Well, well, Ellis, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. We're uh, excited to follow along the success that you've, you've done and all the good stuff that you're doing and giving back to the community. So we really appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, man, for having me. I appreciate it. Excellent. Well, as always, my friend, until next time, think outside the box. 
if you got value out of today's episode, please make sure to leave us a review and let us know how you feel. Um, Jason and I are very, very grateful to have you as a loyal listener and to have you keep coming back and back and back. I want to remind you that Calicern Associates, they can help you literally from the very beginning to the very end of all of your apartment investing transactions. So great resource for you, calicerlaw.com. And if you do want to check out my brand new YouTube channel, it's apartmentinvestingshow.com. 